0: Bye. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I am, as always, your host, Rebecca Milzoff, Deputy Features Editor at Billboard and Broadway fan extraordinaire here. And we are here with a special Monday episode of Billboard on Broadway because last night was the historic event known as Rent Live, which wasn't actually live, for the most part. (laughs) The longest Fox musical title in history.
1: Take me for what I am.
0: So I'm here to uh, talk with one of my fellow, uh, I think that Unlike Joanne, he would say he could always be a theater person, maybe. Um, (laughs) Dave Itzkoff, culture reporter at The New York Times. Thank you for coming in, Dave.
2: Thank you for the invitation. It's great to see you.
0: Yay. So uh, last night was... um in many ways, not what we were expecting. In some ways, it was what I was expecting. So I just wanted to start off first asking you, what is your personal history with Rent? Were you a Rent head back when it opened? Or?
2: No, I pretty much just missed it because I went to college. I was in college when the Off-Broadway and Broadway productions were happening. and I remember... Uh, roommates and classmates who had the cast recordings. And then by the time I got back to New York City after finishing college, uh, it was it was still something of a phenomenon. But I wasn't really that attuned to like what was happening in contemporary musical theater. It would take about probably another four or five years until I met my wife, who is a musical theater actress, and got kind of reintroduced to the scene. And then a few years later, we saw the movie, which did not really uh, stir that much enthusiasm for the <laughs> source material. But of course, uh, you know, it's it's still, a, 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 I guess you call it a contemporary classic. I mean, it, it's it's certainly going to, uh, we you know, we assume it's going to stand the test of time. It's very important for uh, its day, uh, but it, it. I wouldn't say uh, this is it, this is no reflection on the artistry of it or the people who have performed it. It just doesn't have like. That special, special place in my heart, but everybody else is welcomed to love it as much as they do.
0: <laughs> well, you're. This is something that you share with the many of the cast members of Rent Live, <laughs> who uh, many of whom I interviewed for a story in Billboard, and found that most of them first saw it as a movie, which made me feel incredibly old and also <laughs> like, but, but. Please see it in the theater. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess we can be glad that the movie exists for that reason. I um, was a, a rent head as much as I could have been. It, it rent was on Broadway when I was in high school. And as some people who listen to the podcast a lot might know, I uh realized it was a thing when sort of the cool kids in drama club, which I realize is maybe an oxymoron, <laughs> um, kept saying, hey, mister, she's my sister to each other. And I was like, is this like an inside joke or what's going and on? And dug deeper. I dug deeper and I discovered Rent. And uh, Rent has been a big part of, of my life as a journalist. I, I wrote uh, a review of the Roadshow of Rent in Hartford, Connecticut wow. in high school for the Hartford Currents Arts page. Was my first professional journalistic Is, assignment.
2: Can we still find that clip online somewhere if I Google you in Hartford Current while well, i Probably. Wow. Oh. Yeah, probably you can. Doing that when I get back to my desk for <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think there's probably a nice little picture of like the rent CD with it. Oh. Um, um, and then uh, I did, uh, when the, uh, the show had its 20th anniversary a few years ago, I did a big uh, oral history of it for Vulture where I was at the time. So I got to talk to a lot mm-hmm. of the original cast members some of whom have been on Billboard and Broadway since. Daphne Rubin-Vega has been here twice, I think. Awesome. Um, so it's a frighteningly large part of my life. So with all of that said, <laughs> going into last night, um, there, I'm curious what you were hoping to see and then what the reality was. Sure, sure. <laughs> I was trying to kind of
2: go in without too many expectations because I think just the phenomenon of these live TV musicals for the last – Few years that they've been done, I, the 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 quality of them I think has has varied pretty wildly, widely, and I, I've I've been pleasantly surprised by some of them, some that I went go, went into even as recently as last year when NBC did Jesus Christ Superstar, which is a favorite show of mine, and I was a little unsure of whether they would be able to sort of. Executed to stick the landing and I was completely blown away by it Uh, and then there have been others I don't want to say which but other other TV musicals that the networks have done in the last couple years that that I had high hopes for that I think kind of petered out so I I think you know for as as briefly as these this has been sort of a TV phenomenon I think there have been such a wide array of examples of things that were good things that were bad so I tried to sort of go into this thinking okay let's just uh, let's not have you know too many expectations one way or the other and try to, uh, if I can, just appreciate it for what it is. And then uh, events made that basically impossible.
0: Yes. Well, I'll say that I also love Jesus Christ Superstar. I also really love Grease Live. It was the same team behind both of them. That's right. And I think that, uh, you know, they were done in very different ways. But I think that Mark Platt, who I believe executive produced both of them, I think sort of inherently understands theater. And understands the way that television can kind of amplify what a live theatrical performance feels like, that the right format isn't the same for all musicals. Exactly. Um, and that, for instance, for Jesus Christ Superstar, which I is a score I like but not a show that I've seen done very well a lot, I thought that, you know, that rock concert format – you know, capitalized on that energy and having the screaming fans screaming every five seconds (laughs) added to that feeling of zealotry around Jesus. Now last (laughs) night I could have done with a little less screaming possibly (laughs) in the interest of hearing people singing. But, um, yeah, so I, 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 came into this, uh, Kind of mostly hoping it wouldn't. It just wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I (laughs) I
2: think that's maybe the way. Like deep down, I go into all of these. Like you don't. You just don't. You you definitely don't want to see anybody fall on their face. Like bare minimum. And you like you want people to come away with. Either a greater appreciation for the source material, for the performers participating in it, for musical theater as an enterprise. And even if this particular show didn't turn them on, they, they'll they'll be curious about other shows that they might have heard of or they'll learn about. Even going all the way back to when NBC did The Sound of Music and that helped introduce them to people like uh, Laura Benanti and other uh, – uh, who? Uh, how am I already blanking on? Uh, you know, who? Who played the uh, the head nun? Uh, Audrey McDonald. Audrey McDonald. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the Abbess. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, even if uh, you know if if that's what you learned from that show, or if you were like, oh, now I, I now I'm a fan of these new people that I never heard before. I mean, a musical theater uh, devotee would know them, but a, a home viewer might not. Uh, that's what's potentially great about these things when they when they really work.
0: No, completely. And I think that sometimes they also you see a breakout performance, and it helps you see somebody in a totally different light. As happened, I think, with Vanessa Hudgens and yes. with Jordan Fisher with uh, Greece, oh. and I, Vanessa was certainly to me one of the bright lights last night. Yes. Um, so last night we did not exactly see Rent live. We should talk about the big yes. elephant in the room it's first. Sort
2: of inevitable, right? That uh, I guess this came out. It was pretty much in real time. We learned on Saturday night during the what was the dress rehearsal of the show that. Uh, Uh, Brennan Hunt, who played you know essentially one of the lead characters, uh, Roger, uh, had had some kind of a a foot or ankle injury. I've seen uh, varying reports about exactly what it was, Mm -hmm. but uh, enough that uh, there was some question as to you know. How could he even participate in what was meant to be the live show on Sunday? How could he participate? You know, would they have to basically restage the whole thing to accommodate him? And then it turns out they decided that they couldn't and they made the choice for, I guess, essentially the first – Two hours and 45 minutes of the broadcast to use the recorded version of the dress rehearsal. And then the last 15 minutes of the show were truly live and performed uh, on the stage
0: there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, it, it, well, at first it was confusing when I think it was during one song, Glory, that you saw like a little pre recorded earlier note. And I was like, is this because it was taped on the West Coast? And then things became a bit clearer. I was confused for a little while and then realized like, oh, this does kind of feel like a dress rehearsal that I'm watching, like a very good dress rehearsal. But, uh, you know, I was kind of following on Twitter as I was watching and seeing, I think, ultimately a very mixed reaction to the final product, mostly having to do with the fact that, A, because it had this dress rehearsal vibe, it felt like perhaps a lot of people were not singing at full volume weren't kind of acting to the hilt. Um, And also that, you know, audiences may have liked to see what they ended up doing since they still did Rent Live and it just wasn't broadcast.
2: Yeah. it's. I mean, clearly it's just a no-win situation in a sense. As a network, you have the choice of either we try to figure out a way to make it work uh, in, live in real time, knowing you know that this person is injured and we just accept that and we try to work around it or choreograph it to accommodate him. I guess they did not have the option of using an understudy, which everybody seems to be sort of scratching their head about now. And
0: everyone is like, you had Adam Pascal there. Why didn't you just like slot him in?
2: (laughs) He would have been ready to go. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) That would have been something. Uh, Or, you know, they had the option, which uh, clearly they went with, of using as much as they had recorded during the dress rehearsal. And as you were saying, Rebecca, it's that's... As much as you can tell a performer, like treat the dress rehearsal like the real thing, because you never know. It's it's just impossible that you can't. You know, so there's always that some part of you that's saying, "Well, I'll save it for the live show. I, I won't. I'll give it ninety percent, but I won't give it a hundred percent because I have to save it for the quote-unquote real thing." And and obviously, not that you know, I'm sure people were were giving as much as they could at the time, but they none of them expected, like, this is the thing that's going to go out over the air. And I think you could also see that even in the way... That it was staged and directed, that you would see these kind of quick, uh, you know, camera cuts that didn't seem quite right, or mm-hmm. angles, uh, the choreography, or the, just the staging of certain scenes didn't seem to be totally settled because they were still just trying to figure things out. And, and that that's again, that's totally fine for a dress rehearsal, but it's not uh, obviously it's not not ideal for for putting out over the air and saying this is this is the finished product.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's too bad because I. You know, once – if you were able to get over the initial shock of I'm not actually watching Rent Live, I think that it had a lot of elements to recommend it. I thought that the choreography was very inventive. I thought the staging really took advantage of the more cinematic on-screen format and while still sort of preserving the faux gritty feel (laughs) of of what a Rent set is – Um, A lot of people commented on being excited to see that there were actual real subway stops (laughs) on the set and not uh, the fake ones that were referred to in song. Um, So, you know, I I thought that ultimately it was I still felt like I saw a decent production of Rent. It just to me felt like there was that little extra oomph that could have come from, you know, the exhilaration of really doing it live and really knowing it was the final performance that – sort of felt missing to me.
2: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I feel like in time, people will uh, get over or accept that aspect of it, and people's reactions will just be to the document of whatever they created. That's it. I mean, that's that's the thrill of live theater also. I mean, they, it, it gets performed, uh, you know, eight times a week. And each each show, of course, is a little bit different. And some energy is, you know, great one night and then at a matinee, maybe a little bit less so or it just has a different vibe. And the version that you see as the theater goer is whatever it is, and that's the one that you remember. And if you went, you know, two shows later or even a show later, you'd see, you likely would see something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i think in some ways i think we can all hopefully uh you know get past that kind of mental uh stumbling block and then just look at what it was and i think even in that sense uh, it was a, it was a bit of a mixed bag i think there were there were there were things about it that worked uh really well and the, you know it's it's a great time to just kind of dissect the uh the mm-hmm. source material and and look at rent just as a musical and then and there were aspects of it that you know even in the best uh, you know the best possible live version of it maybe still would not have have necessarily been any better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that said, um, I was curious to hear, like, one performance or element that you thought was spectacular, something that you were pleasantly surprised by, and something Mm -hmm. that you just don't feel happened in the end (laughs) i see well
2: i i'm gonna try to refrain from like really criticizing anybody i know i'm sorry i I hope you weren't expecting me to like come in no 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 fire and brimstone i just because
0: you know i think i think i could never have fire and brimstone (laughs) about rents it's just not it's not in my constitution
2: (laughs) i mean i I think i think we can pretty much i I assume we'll agree on these points that like the real the standouts uh, of of the show for sure were we're, uh, you know brandon victor dixon who uh you know he, yeah <laughs> you know he was almost like a ringer in a way like he, he of course you know at, at minimum I think people would have seen him probably in uh, Jesus Christ superstar last year a lot of people know him from Hamilton and he was the of the principal cast I think the one person who had like a real like bona fide you know musical theater Broadway stage he's the uh, only one background. also who has
0: actually been in rent before. Right. <laughs> He was a he was a repl- I learned from him that uh-huh. he was a replacement Collins off Broadway right. for a short amount of time. Oh, interesting, yeah. interesting. Uh so uh,
2: you know, I mean it, it, when I say ringer it's like you know it's it's, it's oh, I mean it's it's almost funny I guess it's a joke that, that you know because in, in a way these things get cast more for I guess some kind of star power or just they're, they're, it's meant to like every every constituency in terms of who your potential viewership is might be represented so if you're into these kinds of genres of movies you're going to see your person or if you're into if you were a fan of High School Musical back in the day you're going to see your person that actually was one of the better casting choices in fact that, yeah. like, Vanessa Hudgens was the other like for, uh, and I, I, in terms of like surprises, that was a real pleasant surprise for me to see her. I thought, uh, you know, I thought she, like it, obviously, of course, it takes a little while for her to show up in in the show, and then when she does, she kind of gave it like a jolt of electricity and had completely a real uh, charisma to her. I felt like it, it's interesting because I don't, I don't know if you ever got a chance to see her when she did uh, Gigi on Broadway. I did, and. <laughs>
0: You know, it, yeah, it
2: didn't that did not totally come together. And yet I thought she was so because of that, I was a little bit dubious of like it, it, maybe she's just not uh, a live theater person. but, uh, I don't know. But some, it was a combination of. I mean, clearly she's very well suited for TV. She knows how to take advantage of that medium, and obviously there's a big difference in the uh, the character that she's playing now, who is not supposed to be just like uh, you know a young coquette. This is a woman who obviously is like. Uh, you know just totally out there about who she is and that is a character that she really seemed to uh, to relish
0: completely I'll just add talking about Vanessa because I agree that it was like the minute she came it like jolted me awake basically and I felt like (laughs) every scene she was in from then on you were like glad to see her there and I, I think that she's someone who really has it's been possible to kind of see her grow as a theater performer I saw Gigi also and it did not work, but I'm not convinced it was totally her fault. It maybe was a little miscasting. Um, but she, Vanessa, was actually in Rent at the Hollywood Bowl. I think about between eight and ten years ago. Oh, is that right? Okay. And she, this production that Neil Patrick Harris directed, and she played Mimi. Wow. And you can find video of this online, and she's fine, right. but like very pitchy, and uh, <laughs> you know, talking to her for the story that I did. She was just saying, like, you know, I I get the sense that she maybe cringes a little looking back at that and that she felt like, you know, she was ready to take on this more complex character now. Yeah. Having matured a little bit. Um, and I know that recently she uh, she did Vanessa and in, in the Heights at the Kennedy Center, which I saw, like, some little YouTube clips of, and I was like, okay, she's, she has some charisma. And clearly in, in Greece Live she was really yeah. the standout. I mean, the day after I think her father died, she was Rizzo, and she was completely, I mean, I think had mega charisma. So uh, I was really imp- impressed by her vocally, and I think when she did Over the Moon, It was a moment, too, of realizing that maybe everybody's mics had not had a problem, (laughs) and there was up until that point, I was sitting there thinking, I don't know whether it it sometimes felt like the band was playing louder than everybody else was projecting, yeah, or the Stomp ensemble was drumming (laughs) too hard, or... Um, or the audience was screaming too loudly. there was it just seemed like there was a little bit of a projection problem, but then she like comes out and acapella just b- like blows it out of off the roof. like yeah, yeah. Um,
2: I, I, I agree. I mean, I noticed it just you know, obviously this is not like scientific, but just looking at my own Twitter feed during the show that like the 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 audio mix seemed to be a big problem for a lot of people. I certainly experienced that. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things that we just will never know is that was that because of how it was mixed? During the dress rehearsal, and one of, was that one of the things they were still sort of tinkering with, or did they? I, I feel like that happens a lot with these live musical broadcasts that they just, are – just from like an auditory, you know, pers- like they're they're often unsatisfying or they often seem kind of murky. Then you get like the cast recording, and it's like, oh, everything sounds great. They must have did they did they tweak it after the fact? Did they you know did they did they remix it later to like actually like get the voices out because they're not. They're often not coming across well on the air. Mm-hmm. Certainly in this case.
0: Um, how did I, there are a couple of performances? I'm just curious about your opinion on what did you think of Jordan Fisher as Mark? Because he was definitely a very not an Anthony Rapp imitator. No, no, exactly. I, you know, I
2: th- that was one where I, I, I was totally fine. I, I mean, I guess I know that sounds sort of like damning with faint praise. Like you, you know, <laughs> it, some people I think have a different expectation of the character that it's supposed to be a little bit more. Uh, neurotic, I guess, or or not not so like you know he seemed pretty at ease with himself. He was
0: a very compassionate, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> a very like very charming, which maybe is not like the way it, you know through like the the lens of like you know all the past productions and the it's not I, I guess you wouldn't say it's the traditional approach to the character, but I, one that I thought I thought I thought worked you know totally fine and and you know he definitely had uh you know kind of e- bulliance uh, uh, about him which I I thought was uh, I thought was totally uh. A, a I, I was also surprised, you know, a lot of people I, – I don't, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know how sincere people were in their criticism that, like, Brennan Hunt was, like, too attractive. He was, like, the hot Roger and that, like, seemed to bother people. He's
0: the pretty boy front yeah, man right. <laughs> who wasted opportunity. Right. <laughs> I thought he was – as Roger-esque as yeah. they come.
2: <laughs> I know that was one that I was like, if if these people were here in the room with me, I would ask and sort of explain what they mean or wonder why that like was uh, why that bothered them. But that was for whatever reason, that just seemed to be a sort of recurring criticism that like the character somehow they know deep down that the character is not supposed to be that attractive, and it's like. I
0: I'm okay. I yeah. don't mind <laughs> <laughs> It was not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's this brings up sort of the recurring question of, you know, when you redo a musical that is has reached iconic status and for which the original cast is so iconic and their portrayals are just etched so clearly in the minds of fans. Yeah. You know, is it better to go in a totally different direction with the cast? Is it better to find someone who like Brennan who seems very much in the sort of Adam Pascal mo- yeah. mold? Um, and I don't know. I mean, I I think that you know, talking to Michael Greif who who's the original director of Ren who also directed this production, I think that they were trying to find kind of that same spark that they saw in the original cast going for people who are not maybe that well-known and you know in a cast where vanessa hudgens is maybe the best known person and sure when i try to explain vanessa hudgens to people i usually like high school musical <laughs> right. and that doesn't always work um but you know trying to find uh actors and artists who are maybe not absolutely perfect stage performers but there's something in them that they see and that that they feel they can rise to the occasion after rehearsing. Absolutely,
2: I think, I think I think that's really well articulated, and I don't I don't envy the people that had to cast this particular production because you are trying to hit that sweet spot of on the one hand you want to feel like you're making that discovery as the. Casting person, and that the audience will share in that. That if you put, if you put, uh, whatever Bruno Mars in the middle of the show, then suddenly all the gravity tips in, in a certain mm-hmm. direction. I'm not even saying that he <laughs> would have been available or interested. I'm just thinking or, who would or, Bruno or, Mars play? Yeah. Rest? <laughs> <laughs> I, it was just a name that I plucked out of thin air. But you know, if you pick one really big name to try to dominate this, I, I mean, it, going all the way back, I think even when NBC did The Sound of Music and they picked Carrie Underwood, and that was in part because. Because they had to sort of sell people on the whole concept of the live musical, and they wanted, you know, they they didn't want the sound of music to sound so sort of, you know, staid and and from a past era. They wanted it to feel exciting and contemporary, and they had to, I think, make that kind of consideration. They had to get at least unnamed to. Bring people through the door. This was a different kind of property, so you want, I think, people who feel a little bit fresh, but also they have to plausibly look and feel like people who are, you know, in their twenties uh, in in New York of that era. And and so you're, you know, each with each sort of layer of definition, you're winnowing down your casting pool, and then to find somebody who, you know, has the acting chops, has hopefully the voice, and is willing to do. Uh, a live production. I mean, I'm sure that that makes it just, you know, probably the only people you could get are the people who did it last night.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to at least talk a little bit about my girl, tanache for, <laughs> for whom I am always rooting. Um, and I mean, I think that one tool that you have in a televised production that you don't have in theater is obviously the close-up. And I think that that was used really well to kind of amplify the chemistry between her and Brennan Hunt. And I actually thought that Valentina and BVD yeah. had had some real chemistry.
2: Those are um, some of my favorite numbers, I'll say. And two of them. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and I you know, I I thought that Tanache, the, the reviews seem mixed. I thought she totally held her own. I mean, I think of all the roles Maybe Mimi and Maureen are the two that people are going to just hold to the highest absolute standard. And even at the end, when Daphne came out and was just kind of like rocking out on stage, I was like, "This woman still has, she has a certain kind of wit and fire about her that is you just can't replicate."
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that again. I mean, that that it's like it's it's such a huge shadow to have to stand in. It's it that that that's it's again it's like one of those roles that like. You know, either, either you have your own really, really strong take on it and, you know, or or you're going to get, I think, blown off the stage a little bit, that you're going to lose out in comparison to the original. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what happened, at least, at least for people who have, uh, you know, a picture in their mind or in their uh, – the sound in their ear of – the original Mimi that if that's if that's what your if that's your threshold I think it's really hard to live up to that
0: mm-hmm. but that said I mean I thought that she handled out tonight pretty well I mean and she's a, she, I mean she's a fantastic dancer yeah. she gets the the physicality of that part I think is a, a big part of it and it did not look forced and she hit the high notes and I, I don't know I yeah. think she uh it was a respectable performance yeah. here's a cool fact Um, I'm, I'm curious when you talk about sort of the – like the inherent issues that just aren't going to be resolved about Rent. Like yeah. what do you think of?
2: Well, I, this, I'd be so curious to hear from you know, people people who for, – for whom this was their introduction to Rent just as a, just as a musical because uh, being the age that I am and having actually lived through the 90s and the songs uh, and the music of that era and the pop music particularly of that mm. time – uh, you know, it, it, you go through this whole. I, I've I've gone through this whole sort of cycle myself. Of you know, at one point, Rent seemed kind of revolutionary because it was so different from everything that Broadway was doing at the time, and you know, Broadway was in a more kind of like what we just stereotypical Broadway mode. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I know this this is kind of a you know, uh, I mean, it, it, this is this is not an apt comparison at all. But the way that people think of Hamilton now, for whatever reason, is like, oh, you know, they just reinvented the. And in time, people will kind of realize no, it's 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 more traditional than people realize. But mm-hmm. there just weren't you know nobody's doing nobody else is doing hip hop musicals at the moment, and this sounds fresh and different. And that's what Rent was to its time that it was it was such a left turn, and it seemed uh, to really uh, represent what what like contemporary pop or or just rock music of that time sounded like. Then you know a few years go by, and you listen to it again, and in the same way that, like, a lot of music from the 90s has, like, maybe not aged so well or it just seems like a real document of its time mm-hmm. and are, you know, what we're used to hearing changes, production values change and aesthetics change and then you listen to Rent and you're like, eh, this maybe feels a, not, a little out of step with the times. Obviously, there are certain numbers that I think will hold up forever and you know I mean Seasons of Love is, is going to be a, a classic and other, other numbers too uh, but so, some of the you know the, the rock aspects of it seem they start to seem a little schlocky and then you know you go through another 10 years or so and you're like okay it is a document of its time that's what music sounded like in the 90s but mm-hmm. it encapsulates it pretty well and it's a distillation of it it's heard through one person's ear and what they thought it was and then you kind of come to accept that now if you're 20 years old and watching it on TV TV last night for the first time you're not thinking about any of that it, yeah so uh, i wonder what their consideration might be if they if people think oh this is kind of cool and retro and it's it, it it feels it might feel authentic to them it's like i don't know i remember listening to like the hair cast recording for the first time as like a 12 year old or whatever and thinking like oh wow it's like this sounds so it's it's so like avant-garde and it's so cool and then of course it like doesn't sound at all like what music sounded like in the 60s and it, it's just it was like what musical theater people thought that 60s yeah. music sounded like
0: no there are some very dated moments in here <laughs> <horror> too <laughs> yeah no i i mean it as much as much criticism as there is of rent as a broadway vision of the east village and yes. addicts and people um living with aids i think that there there is there has to be some credence given to the fact that you know talking to the regional cast. Um, and knowing something about the history of rent, I think these are all people who when they they were young people living in the East Village in the nineties and they all felt like rent showed what their real lives were like. I mean, they felt like the the cast was a reflection of what the East Village actually looked like. It was definitely a landmark show in in terms of having this kind of uh diversity that wasn't even that was that was just like matter of fact. And Absolutely. it wasn't thrown in anyone's face. And was just the way things were, and uh, I think that there, there, there's some real aspect to that. That it's sure. it's not just sort of Disney-fied East Village.
2: No, and I, I mean you hear it, you know. Th- I mean throughout the show, in in the lyrics, and I think just you know thematically, you you have all these characters who keep asking, you know, do do I matter? Do my problems? Matter? Does the, you know, does, the, does, does the world outside New York understand what I'm suffering and why my suffering is important? And I think we see even now why those are such important questions to ask and that that theme, that value I think still holds up and is still important even if some of the, circ- the specific circumstances or the, the particular conflicts that are uh, you know being uh, fought out in society right now are different, that that theme is still incredibly valuable. And, and, and uh, you know, that, I think, made the show last night especially uh, resonant.
0: Completely. I actually was really taken aback by the words that they kind of showed on screen at the very, very beginning about, you know, in this time when we feel assaulted from all sides, it's more yeah. important than ever for us to find community. And I initially was like, oh, this is the producers writing something to, like, ground this in the present. Right. And then it turned out it was something Jonathan Larson wrote back before Rent premiered. So... That was definitely powerful to see. Yeah, um, and if you don't mind my adding, I
2: mean, even like the the the, the tribute to—I mean—that brief sort of tribute to Jonathan Larson at the very end. Totally, that yeah. was That was very moving, and and uh, if if that sort of, uh, you know, I think that'll like that would be known to a lot of people who are watching the show. But at the same time, if that encourages viewers who didn't know anything about him to want to seek out. Uh, you know what? What you know what work he did, and learn more about his life, and that's that's all to the better.
0: Oh, completely, I agree. Um, I have to ask in the end: Would you have wanted to see Brennan in a wheelchair version of Rent, or are you happy enough with what we saw?
2: I mean, I am happy enough with what we saw, but I, I do, you know, in my heart of hearts, wish that they had maybe taken that. Uh, gamble I think that uh, th- because everybody would have been on his side and you would if, if thing if you know if certain moments didn't totally work or weren't totally able to have been worked around you would have forgiven that and it would have been unforgettable we would have talked about it forever like the guy injured his foot and still went on with the show and it was different that would have made it so different from any of the other live musicals that came before or will come after uh, you know it and and or if nothing else, get an understudy next time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to agree. I mean, I, uh, I'm i happy with what we got. I'm happy that we got to see what they were going for with uh, presumably a production that a lot of money was invested in. Yes. And that, they're, that we've now seen another way that a musical can be sort of reinterpreted for live TV. At the same time, uh, I'm not the first one to make this point. Roger is not exactly the danciest character yeah. in Rent. There's <laughs> a lot of sitting around and moping with yeah. his guitar, so... He can get uh, up on a table the
2: whole time. Exactly, right? with
0: with with dust boot up right. and like he <laughs> like he was at the end. <laughs> I was like, "It's the boot." The right. boot. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think you, you can be a Hawkeye with a guitar and a wheelchair as easily as you can be sitting on a table and occasionally walking around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I'll recycle the joke that I already made on uh, on Twitter, but I was I was. Saying that, I know what you're going to say because yes, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but that their next challenge in years, years from now will be when they do the live version of Dear Evan Hansen and their lead does not break his arm and they have to restage it rapidly to accommodate that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will await that day with bated breath. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pivot for a moment because we actually have a Rent Live cast member who I believe, like just after getting off a plane from LA, is calling in to tell us about the experience last night. Mario, who played Benny, and I think did uh, turned in a really great performance uh, that I think would make Tay Diggs proud, uh, is on the line. Good morning. Well, th- thank you for calling. I mean, it's I, I can imagine it's been a crazy uh past night for you. Are you like awake or
3: <laughs> you know, I, I'm I don't know what I am right now, man. I'm I'm a little bit of everything. I'm definitely feeling the withdrawals of not going to stage this morning. This is the first morning in three months maybe that I have not been called to the stage, you know? So I'm feeling a bit withdrawn for that, but also feeling immersed in this nostalgic feeling of just appreciation for This whole experience that I've had is truly just magical, to say the least.
0: Well, congratulations. I thought your performance was fantastic. I've been hearing from a lot of Rent fans that feeling Mm -hmm. like you were one of the standout performances. So, well done. Um, Wow. That (laughs) that
3: means a lot coming from you guys because the cast is so amazing. And and, and I'm just honored to be on stage with those talented individuals, man, telling this great story.
0: Yeah, you you sounded good and you look good in the yellow jacket. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, I mean, last night was a bit of an adventure. Um, Can you can you give us just a little bit of behind the scenes feeling of kind of like what you guys were dealing with as it was all coming together and you were figuring
3: out, you know, how how the show
0: was going to be presented?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we all have our own individual, you know, experiences with how we connect with Rent, the play, the 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 culture of Rent. Um, For me, you know, this was a new. immersive immersive theater experience for me i've done hair at the hollywood bowl but this to me was more multi-dimensional because you have so many different layers you know you have a live crowd you have you know uh a live show which was also taped um uh, the days before and obviously because burners were hurt we definitely used parts of the tape but most of it some of it was live as well you know you just it's it's a it's a thing where you're you're challenging yourself on so many levels as an artist as a person um you know, as an artist, you can be selfish with your creation. You can be selfish when you're on stage because it's just you. As a solo artist in my music career, it's just me. But when I'm on stage with, you know, other actors and, and we're telling so much story, which is also our story. When you think about the human empathy and the morality part of it that we all as humans have to face, um, you know, you have to be very open and vulnerable. So from day one in rehearsal, it was you know, uh, Michael Greif, the director who first directed the original play with Jonathan, Jonathan, when him on board, telling us stories about beginning with Jonathan, working with Jonathan, uh, the support group, his vision, um, you know, and just giving us the information every single day for the last three months that we could really apply to this one night, you know, um, leaving from the rehearsal space and going to the stage a month and a half and into rehearsals and really diving into, okay, this stage is gonna be your home. You need to get comfortable with the stage, learn the stage, in and out, you know, um and, and allow it to be your canvas. You know, and I think that over time we're just collecting more information and we we, we dive into the culture of it and, and into our own parallels that we can relate to within the play and now nah, you had, you you had a live show, you know. Um, it's really hard to explain it. It's, it's a, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it.
0: <laughs> Can you take me back to the cast, the initial casting process, and how you ended up getting this role in the first place?
3: I was actually in Chicago shooting Empire when I got the call about it, and immediately I was touched because I knew the story, and I and, and the songs from the play had been, you know, in the in the background of my life for so long. You know, I just didn't really have. A, a real culture to, to to apply it to until I study more about more about the people and and the, the circumstances of these eight, eight friends living in the East Village during a time where AIDS was just going crazy and there was no real cure for it. They didn't know if um, AZT was a real cure yet, and you know it was just a time when people were searching for themselves. And you know, in this particular part of New York, you know, there's a lot. Of different cultures of people, culture clashes, you know. But in the play, you see these people come from different walks of life, but they became friends and they loved each other. And it was really just about human empathy and uh, the values we put on our friendships and people that affect our lives, the, the immediate people around us. Um, you know, so diving into that in the casting process for me, coming from Baltimore, a okay, kid coming from Baltimore, it was totally something I could relate to, and I felt like Benny was a character I could pull from my own experiences. You know, I've, I've dealt with friends that were heroin addicts, family members that were heroin addicts, um, you know, uh, people who <clears throat> I grew A lot of people I grew up with didn't make it out of Baltimore. You know, and me getting a chance to see the world from a different platform and coming back and saying I actually want to see change, you know, in the city. So I saw a part of that in Benny, in terms of his vision for. The East Village and and what he wanted to bring, you know, if we look at, you know, twenty years later, we do have cyber studios all over the place. We do have technology. We do have, like so. You know, he he actually, his way of going about it was a little insensitive, but he did have a vision, and um and I think that's something that I related to him on.
0: Yeah, no, I think that it's hard to Benny is a tough character because he's a little bit of a bad guy, but he's a bad guy that you have to you have to like and you have to see his point of view, and I think that. Uh, yeah. I think you succeeded in doing that was there was there anything that Michael Greif uh, talked to you about in the in the process that kind of helped you find a way into Benny as a character?
3: You know, I think what Mike helped me with overall was really helping me to humanize him more mm-hmm. to really give him to really direct his intentions and make specific make sure that my energy is right on specific parts of the play where you, if someone who's never seen rent before would really understand Benny's intentions and not you know not that he's just this guy coming in to create havoc like no he actually cares about these people. You know you see his transition throughout the play. Um I think they did a great job with rewriting the play keeping all of the authentic moments of the play but rewriting it in a way for this generation to understand the true value of this culture, the rent right culture, the story, and how it relates to everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was clear watching last night that there was a real camaraderie in the cast that you you all seemed to really be in it together. Um, Absolutely. What, what was what was the sort of bonding process like behind the scenes? Was there a moment when it felt like you guys all really came together as a cast?
3: Absolutely. I mean, you're in the, you're, you're in a room. One of the things about theater and, and something like this, especially when you're telling a story such as such as Rent. I mean, you're in the room with people and you're sharing life stories, you're sharing vulnerable moments, you know, um, and you're playing characters that are going through deep obstacles in their lives, lives. And, you know, you it's like, you know, it's a play, but you also realize, wow, like I relate to each and every one of these characters in real life. So we're learning how to open up to each other. You're seeing each other in vulnerable moments. Every single day we spend 12 hours a day with a person. So, yeah, you, you, you build a family and you, and you realize like we're out on the stage together. We're about to go out to millions of people across the country, across the world with this beautiful story, this bittersweet story. And we're in the trenches together to make sure that we keep the authenticity that we bring to it, what our guests can bring. But at the same time, we tell a story that Jonathan Lawson intended to be told.
0: Completely. I mean, when you guys, obviously what happened with Brennan was a surprise and something that, you know, very, very much the show must go on was uh, the, the the law of the day. Um, when you found out that effectively a lot of the dress rehearsal was going to be broadcast, like, how did you feel? Are, are you pleased with, with the um, performance that was ultimately broadcast?
3: It, in, the, in the beginning, I, I won't lie, I was really, really, I was upset and hurt for Brent, for Brennan, because that's my bro, and, and we, we talked... I was really, I'm I'm really close with Brendan and like, I know how passionate he is and has been about this process and his character. If I wasn't playing Benny, I'd want to play his character. (laughs) But yeah, it was really just surprising, bittersweet for us because, you know, we, we've seen each other grow within our, characters so much so and we've watched each other immerse our souls and our energy completely into it so much that you look at that person when you get to stage and you're like that is roger you know Mm -hmm. for him not to 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 be able to do that full show live and just the last couple of acts not to be able to do that after watching him build it for so long was really painful but then there was this bit of sweetness on set because it's like this whole play is about obstacles and no- nothing being perfect, but you making the best out of every moment of your life. How do you measure? How do you measure the time in a day, in a year, being present, understanding that nothing is perfect, everything isn't perfect, and that's what's perfect about it. And it became this beautiful story last night mm-hmm. that all all connected. And at the end of the day, Brennan is such a professional, such a passionate dude, such such a talent that. Even him coming out there with a cast at the end, he still was able to penetrate the souls of people through the screen. And and, and that's what makes us all, you know, great for each other and with each other. Is That we just, you know, we, we, we push each other to be resilient, even in, in times of obstacles like that.
0: Completely. Well, it was One of the best moments, obviously, was getting to see you guys with the original cast members at the end of the show. Um, (laughs) uh, Tell tell me about that and about you know seeing Tay. Did you guys hang out at all? Or
3: yeah, we hung out a little bit on the set. You know, obviously, the last few days have been really, really busy, so so we haven't really been able to like you know like that. But we did exchange info, and we're definitely gonna uh, we're definitely gonna link and like you know just share life and. You know, it, it for, for me having the original cast there just took it to a whole other level in terms of nostalgia, in terms of the legacy of the play. You know how long this play you know has has stood the test of time because of its, its art and because of its authenticity and the storyline. Um, having them out there for us and for the rent fans, for the rent heads, like the, the ones that know every word, was really the really the icing on the cake mm. you know it's like it, 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 if you're going to reproduce this play and you're going to 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 do a finale you have to bring out the original cast and you have to make sure that that energy is felt because it's streamlined man this there's no there's no it there wouldn't be no mario if there was a forte and the other people who played benny in the play you know so it's, it's it was it was truly an honor we were all in tears
0: yeah, it was it was an emotional moment for those of us who are rent obsessives. So very very cool to see. Um, I mean, I have to ask: Is this has this experience made you think more about doing musical theater in the future, or that do you see like Broadway Broadway in your future? <laughs> well, it,
3: this was a specific type of you know experience because, like I said, it was so immersive, it was so multi dimensional, and it was just. You know, it, it was a nostalgic moment. And I and I said, I honestly said, like, I wanted to start my new year off like this. It was a blessing that this opportunity came across the table. Um, so for another experience like this, yes, I would. Yeah. Traveling and doing Broadway, it, it, it takes a lot more of my time that I, I can't afford to give right at this moment. But as far as, um, as far as... Uh, doing another musical, televised, I, I would definitely do that.
0: Okay, well, Hair Alive is coming up, so maybe maybe you'll reprise your role. Who knows?
3: <laughs> hey, you never know. And I, I'm up for it, man. The universe has its own way of speaking to you, so I'm just the vessel already. But I'm actually going on tour in March, and then after that, going back into the, the studio to record another project. I have an album out now called Dancing Shadows. Make sure y'all check that out when y'all get a chance.
0: Yes, Awesome. Well, thank you for calling from the airport. Um, again, congrats on, on getting through that performance, and uh, as, as a Rent fan, it was really exciting to see.
3: That's awesome. Thank you so much for this interview. Great questions. And hope everybody enjoyed it.
0: Yay. Thanks, Mario. Seasons of the I hope you've all enjoyed this special episode of Billboard on Broadway. I know I did. Thank you again to Dave Itzkoff for being my Rent sparring partner today. Thank you to Mario for calling in after what I think was an ordeal at TSA to talk about Rent. And I'm looking forward to covering more of these live musicals as they happen on TV. Uh, If you are a fan of Billboard on Broadway already, great. If not, uh, please give us lots of nice stars and reviews on iTunes. Uh, You can find... The podcast on Spotify, on Google Play, on Stitcher, among other platforms. And you can always find me on social media at Rebecca Milsoff on Twitter, at You Down with RMM on Instagram. You can use hashtag Billboard on Broadway to tweet about the podcast. You can use hashtag RentLive to tweet about RentLive. And why not tweet about them both at the same time? Sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, hope to have you back for a new episode soon. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah.